Joy is not just some fuzzy little feeling inside. What brings joy and rejoicing is when you can bring hope to the sick and to the suffering, is when we can walk with one another. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. This pandemic has brought a lot of suffering, uncertainty, and fear. And we have a choice to use it to fuel more of the same, or we can use our faith to look for the joy amidst the darkness. In today's episode, Father Hurley helps us see what might give us some hope during these difficult times. I've been doing this uh, for few years now, and um, obviously I've come across the third Sunday of Advent many times. And uh, I said to you last week and the week before that, you know, we've started a new liturgical year, and uh, we're in cycle B, if you will, and it's primarily the Gospel of Mark, and then lo and behold, uh, we have the Gospel of John here today. And um, like I said, I've, I've, I know this, I have come across this Gospel, and like a lot of times, you know, when you're in the, if you will, kind of the preaching business, um, you know, there are things that kind of pop out and things that jump off the page. And likewise, again, this year, something jumped off the page at me uh, that I guess I never recognized before. And what jumped off the page was that John's gospel is going to give us very fine detail. The very last line that I read to you said that all of this took place in Bethany, across from the Jordan, the river Jordan, where John was baptizing. Now you might think, well, that's just kind of a throwaway line, no big deal. They just mentioned Bethany, but I think there's something to it. This all happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Why do I mention that? Well, I've had the opportunity four times to go to the Holy Land, and I've gone with groups from Old St. Pat's. My first one was back in, I think, 2009, and then again in 2014, and then the past couple of years. They've all been wonderful groups, great pilgrimages. The one in 2014 was primarily young adults, people in their 20s and 30s, and they wanted to go. They were a blast. And um, we did it all. We were up in Galilee, went to Nazareth, went to uh, all around the, the, the Sea of Galilee, came down to Jerusalem. And then there was a day that we were going out to the desert. And on the itinerary was to go to Bethany. Well, we never made it to Bethany. We went to the area of the Jordan River where they believed Jesus was baptized. And then we went out to the desert. We went to Masada, which was Herod's like great fortress. And then we went to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea, you can get in it. You don't want to like drink the water. You don't even want the water to touch your lips or your eyes or it could really do damage. It's 98% salt, I think. You float in the Dead Sea. It's kind of fascinating. Well, I was with young adults and they were like, hey, Padre, we're going to the Dead Sea. They thought we were going to like North Avenue Beach. They said, what if we get some beer? And I was like, wow, I've never had beer in the Dead Sea before. I said, that sounds like a great idea. And so we did. So we went, we got some beer and we floated in the Dead Sea and we had more beer and we had beer on the bus coming back to Jerusalem and we missed Bethany. Basically, my point is we chose beer over Bethany and we never got there. And um, I feel bad about that, but, um, but why do I mention Bethany? You got to remember something. We're going to hear about Bethany again in John's Gospel. Jesus is going to go to Bethany. And when he goes to Bethany, he's going to be, first of all, they're going to send for him. And why are they going to send for him? Because his buddy, his pal Lazarus, is dying. 
So he's making his way to Bethany, and when he arrives near Bethany, the sisters of Lazarus come out, Mary and Martha, and Mary comes up and says to Jesus, Lord, almost like what took you so long? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. So they go to the tomb that he says, show me where you laid him. And the, very, the shortest line in all of the scripture, the Hebrew Testament and the, and the Christian Testament are two words, Jesus wept. Two words. And so he goes to the tomb of Lazarus and what does he say? Roll away the stone. You remember the story. And somebody says, hey, you know, he's been in there for four days. This could be bad. They roll away the stone and then what does Jesus say? Come out, Lazarus. It's kind of a sneak peek at the resurrection. And so Lazarus comes out and then what does Jesus say? Untie him and let him go. That to me is the key. You see, he's bound up with all the burial cloths. And Jesus says in Bethany to Lazarus who comes out of the tomb, untie him and let him go. I think that's one of the keys to this. What is John the Baptist going to proclaim at Bethany? He's going to proclaim freedom and liberation from our past. The words that Patty read for us from the prophet Isaiah are the words that Jesus himself quoted when he stood in the temple or in the synagogue in Nazareth when he was beginning his public ministry and he rolled open the scroll of, Pro of the prophet Isaiah. And what does he say or what did he read? The spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring glad tidings to the poor. And what else? To bring liberty and freedom to the captives. Release to those who are imprisoned. Why do we celebrate Gaudete Joy Sunday? Because it's about freedom. It's about untying and unbinding. It's about letting the spirit go into the world. And, and what is it about for us? Look for somebody to unbind or untie. Look for somebody to free, to liberate. That brings joy. Joy is not just some fuzzy little feeling inside. But you heard Rebecca talk about it. What brings joy and rejoicing is when you can bring hope to the sick and to the suffering. What brings rejoicing and freedom is when we can walk with one another, is when we can release one another and untie one another from our mistakes, our past that we're not proud of, dumb things that we've said and stupid things that we've done. Or sometimes we bind and we hold people in their past and in their mistakes. And what brings Gaudete, what brings joy is when we can untie one another and release one another. That's why Bethany, the mention of it is so important. All this happens in Bethany where we're going to see Bethany again. Untie him, let him go. It's about being liberators. When I think about liberators, I, I think about Ed. I just presided at Ed O'Brien's funeral and very sadly, he was only 49 years old. He died apparently of a heart episode and he left behind his wife, Therese, and their two daughters. They married, they got married here 15 years ago on November 12th. Um, they were in the partners program here at St. Pat's and then they eventually the kids went into the St. Joseph Immaculate Conception School in the Old Town area, and that's where the funeral was. 
And when I was talking to Therese in preparation for the funeral and the homily, I said, tell me more about Ed. And one of the things that she said, as a lot of people said, Ed was a, a good man, a good, good man who had a heart of gold, she said. He was a little rough on the edges, kind of a quiet guy. But there was nothing that brought Ed more joy than when he was helping somebody else. He was a handyman. He worked with his hands all the time. And where people, when people were in a tough way or they needed something fixed or where people were just down on their luck, Ed in his own humble, subtle way would bring some hope. And Therese said, I'm hearing more and more stories that I never knew what Ed did for people. Ed's a liberator. Ed liberated and brought hope and rejoicing to people's lives. When I think about liberators, I think about Rob. And Rob is a guy who uh, was a new, became a new member a few years ago. And, and, uh, and ever since then, ever since he came to our new member dinner, every month, although we don't have him now because of the pandemic, but every month, Ed was the guy that supplies like gorgeous flowers on all of our tables over in the ministry center right behind me. But then uh, Rob, I said, Ed, Rob, Rob contacted me a couple weeks ago and said, you know, I'm in a business where I, uh, we do uh, holiday decorations. And is there somebody I can help? So we hooked him up with the school, and there were two families in particular for whom they wouldn't have been able to afford all the decorations. So Rob did it. Rob did it out of generosity. And then he said, how about an organization? So we sent him over to the Boulevard, which is in the back of the yards, and it's a, it's a place that helps homeless folks who have been sick and suffering. They've been in the hospital, and they're helping them to recover um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more decent way, if you will. So he goes over there and supplies these beautiful decorations. That's being a liberator. That's bringing freedom and hope. When I think about liberators, I think about this guy who calls me and um, he calls me on the anniversary every year, his anniversary of his sobriety. I won't mention his name because it's all about anonymous. And he calls me and he says, this is my anniversary day. It's been so many years since my last drink in sobriety. It's about freedom, about untying and unbinding from those things that hold us bound like addictions. When I think about liberators, I, I think about these healthcare workers. And I think about what uh, Rebecca said. And I think about all these faces you're going to see during communion and even afterwards. These are folks that bring liberation and freedom. This is our call. This is, this is a moment to rejoice. And we can talk about how this pandemic has brought this cloud of darkness and this uncertainty and this fear and a lot of suffering, and it has. But we're people of faith. And we're people who heed the words of the one who said, untie him and let him go. And so let's be people of resurrection, not just people of Christmas, but people of resurrection and Easter. That's why we're here. And so may the freedom, may the liberation, may the gaudete and the hope that the Lord Jesus brought to this world and that John the Baptist proclaimed and heralded, may that be our message and may it be our mission. And we bring that freedom, that liberation to those around us and to our world. Time now for announcements, events, and ways to stay connected. The Deck the Hall concert is this Friday, and we hope you can join us. The event is free thanks to our generous sponsors, and it's virtual this year, so you can enjoy all the beautiful and uplifting Christmas music right from the comfort of your own home. 
For all the info, visit oldsaintpats.org slash deckthehall. This Christmas, we will really miss seeing you in person at our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day Masses. So leading up to our Christmas live stream liturgies, we would like to invite you to create or purchase a Christmas ornament that speaks to what faith and church community means to you. Then send it to Old St. Pat's and we'll place them on Christmas trees in the sanctuary. This way, we'll have a part of you right here in church when we sing our Christmas Alleluias together. You can send ornaments to us at Old St. Patrick's Church, Christmas Ornaments, 711 West Monroe, Chicago, Illinois, 60661. Lastly, the Solidarity Market is still open. Be sure to check out the amazing vendors as you're doing your last-minute Christmas shopping at oldstpats.org slash solidaritymarket. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the live stream Mass on Sunday, December 13, 2020 by Father Tom Hurley. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.